Let's have some fun. Hey, it's Nog Chats, where I, Nogarimi Chat. Joining me today is somebody that I've commentated with a couple of times, Mr. Mustafa. In bum, the future. We're doing the Midwestern goodbye again. <laughs> yes, I'm very good at it, as you, as you can tell, but I'm also really good at the Irish goodbye. Bum, bum, Back to bum. the present. How are you doing? I didn't leave a pause I'm... at all, by the way. Oh, you did. <laughs> I threw you entirely off. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, when's it coming? <laughs> Never. Okay. Uh, I'm doing good. Doing good. Um, you know, super happy to be here. Really excited to support this for you. You know, anything and everything that you do, I'm happy to help and be a part of. And, uh, you know, the fact that we get to do this and we get to talk about stuff that we're both passionate about is really, really cool. And I like that you're having the initiative to do this. You know, we, we had some uh fgc podcasts that were pretty regular for a while and now they've kind of you know hung up in the void and i like that you're you know uh, bolstering up and giving it a shot and i think it's been going great so far I'm, I'm really happy to be here yeah it's just one of the things where i was like you know i have a bunch of people that i only talk to when i'm on commentary with them and <laughs> then i never talk to them outside of that and i'm getting real sick and tired of it i want to talk to these people uh, which is unfortunately, but I also didn't want to do too much work, which is why it's a bi-weekly podcast. So it releases right. every other week and I still can't keep that schedule. Uh, uh I know. <laughs> but I, I do, I do try to get it out every other week and chat with, you know, a whole bunch of my people. So we've had yeah. uh, Joe, Joe Monday on, Sriracha Flash, Thomas right. Winkley and Lizardman so far. And now yourself. Hell yeah. So welcome. No place you. else I'd rather be. Yeah, and you just got done doing a pretty large event, right? Last night you commentated yeah. for a Utah event sponsored by Facebook for $1,000. Yeah, so a couple weeks back, um, our good friend and fellow up-and-coming commentator Thomas Winkley reached out to me and was like, hey, I've got this thing coming up, and uh, you know, I'm trying to, trying to reach out to people that I like on commentary and... Uh, you know, that I, I want to give shots to, especially on, you know, something a little more prominent, I guess, right? And he asked if I want to do it. And my initial response was, of course. Um, but then there, like, part of the concern was that I had another prior engagement, which was Stack Bradford's uh, Stream Team Battle Exhibition. Uh, that was going on the same day, but we were able to work it out that the schedule could be kind of shifted and I could do both events, but... Last night was the uh, SLC Bar Fights event for mm -hmm. Utah and Facebook Gaming. They were the sponsors, um, amongst other people. But it went well. Um, that was, I think, out of the events I've commented, that was probably like something more of a marquee event. Um, you know, there's a good pot bonus, like you were mentioning, a thousand bucks put up by Facebook Gaming. <clears throat> but it yeah. was, it, it was a really, really good time. That it, the the biggest reason why I bring up the money is because a it usually means that there's more eyes watching the broadcast, yes. whether they're sponsor eyes or just people like just watching mm -hmm. it. Always gonna gonna get some good viewers from that, and it brings yeah. out usually the the better players who might not join. Mm -hmm. You know some of the local regular <laughs> local tournaments that are happening. You know every single week or every month yeah. with with bar fights. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's something that we absolutely saw, at least in regards to competitors. So, you know, the first one that stood out to me was uh, Gustavo, 801 Strider. I never see that dude, and outside of, like, CPT stuff this year, I never see that dude enter online tournaments. And, you know, uh, different strokes for different folks, you know, that's his prerogative, and I don't blame him for not wanting to 
compete either seriously or for money online. You know, it's right. it's a hellscape. But also in the time of COVID, when you know the end is kind of nowhere in sight, and we don't know when offline events are going to come back. If there's a decent amount of money put up, you don't have to travel anywhere. You know, you're maybe a little bit more invigorated with the new season with the patch. Um, he decided to give it a shot. He got top eight. It was fun to watch. It was really cool to see him but you definitely did have a bunch of heavy hitters tonight that otherwise you know maybe would have just rather sat at home on the couch and watched or something yeah absolutely uh but you could really see the people that place top three and you know got a lot of the money are the the people that are entering a lot of these online yes. tournaments, right chris cch uh eli the curry and Sevalet, right all, mm -hmm. all placing top three and you can always find you know them entering whether it's the online local west coast uh, Wednesday night fights. Those mm -hmm. are really the the only two consistent yeah. West Coast tournaments. There's some some Portland scene stuff that occasionally Seven Label enter, but uh, it, it's usually there's not too many West Coast tournaments like there are on the East Coast where they're happening yeah. every single day of the week, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, but it it comes and goes with the with the territory. Uh, so the fact that they you know do enter a bunch of events and we're able to you could see how that pays off for them especially mm -hmm. with the new season, a whole bunch of changes, right? Five days after ev everything changed. Uh, so, you know, Chris CCH won with Sakura, you know, the, yeah. the, really appreciating the, the life buffs they did. Eli got, this, got second with Ryu. Well, so uh, Ryu was used in grand finals. I didn't see the earlier parts of the bracket to know if he used Ryu otherwise. Um, okay. But his, his Ryu was the real deal. Uh, you know, it was clear that there was maybe some, like, unfamiliarity there, whether that was due to the new tools and uh, adjustments that were made to his kit, or, you know, it could just be that, like, he hadn't actually put any serious time into the character prior and decided to pick him up, you know, when he saw the crazy buff list that Ryu got. Um, but nevertheless, he very much understands that character's basic game plan, and it was working, he just needs to polish it up a little bit more. Yeah, and that's definitely, speaking of him, like, maybe not knowing the character that well, that's something that he and Mira have been mm -hmm. going through, right? Like, they're getting every character in the game up to Diamond, going through ranked yeah. and everything like that. So they are looking to understand the cast and have a, a good understanding of what each character does and how they want to play mm -hmm. and what ranges they want to play at. And honestly, it makes you really well-versed in playing the entire cast. It yes. makes you really well-versed in fighting the entire cast because you kind of, mm -hmm. you understand their mindset and stuff like that. So. Yeah, you you know, if you're, like, getting a character up to diamond is, like, once you reach a certain level of competency and prowess in, in Street Fighter V, I guess specifically that's what we're talking about, getting a character to diamond is going to be exponentially easier than your first time around. Right. But even that being said, getting a character, <clears throat> excuse me, getting a character up to diamond is no quote-unquote easy task even if you are a person who has gotten top eight at majors you know there are still character archetypes that you just don't jive with for whatever reason right so doing that yeah. for every that's that's uh something to write home about and i honestly i super respect them for that and like that being a point of content creation i also think is just a really smart like branding move i think it's it makes for good content yeah, they're they've been streaming most of it. I know their their grind with Monat was, I believe, their most yeah. their most hated that they did. <laughs> uh, so it it you know you run into that like you mentioned it the character archetype sometimes something doesn't jive with you. But I know e Eli's thing this year has been no bad matchup. So if he yeah. he thinks he's going to run into a bad matchup, he's just going to swap the character and doing something like that. 
where you're practicing every single character and you kind of know what matchups you want to use them all for, 100% mm-hmm. okay with that, right? Because it's not even just like a, a pure pocket pick. We're just like, oh, I learned this character specifically for this matchup. It's like, no, I learned this character. And yeah, I'm going to use them for this matchup, but I understand overall how they want to play. And if I needed to, I can play them in, in other situations too. But right. on the other side of things, you can't let that get into your head too much. I mean, like, oh, I think I can do this with this character, right? Or I think yeah. this character has mm-hmm. the best matchup. That's, that's I think, something that he didn't say, right? He's not going to try to pick the best matchup that yeah. you know a character has. He'll pick what he feels is best for himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... And I- it's mostly to avoid the bad ones. Yeah, and and again, too, like, there's there's really something to be said, you know, especially in, in the age of social media where uh, the the notion and almost, uh, like, like, religious devotion to the idea of a tier list is so at the forefront for a lot of people. And part of it, there's definitely a part of it that's, like, the joke of it right you know you see justin wong making crazy tier lists other people hopping on board it gets people talking it gets people you know to have in their hot takes and what have you right but there's also another subset of people who like seem to really live and die by tier lists and i think frankly i've always been of the opinion that it's like pretty short-sighted it's like i understand the notion you know you you're able to some degree that you can evaluate characters objectively within the frame of the meta and uh, the the engine that the game has and decide which characters are good and which characters struggle more. But there are so many people that, like, even, like, getting new into fighting games that they're like, okay, I only want to play characters that are good. And it's like, if you're not, like, if it's not a character that melds with you and you're having fun, I don't care if you're playing ST Akuma. It, it's not going to make the difference. And I, you know, I hearken back to, I think it was like, what, Evo 2014 or 2013 when Daigo picked up Yoon in, in AE. It's like, that was probably the best character in the game, but he got washed in top eight by Punko because it's like, he's not a Yoon player. He plays Shoto's, he, you know, he's, whether, Shoto's or Guile has been those two things for, you wow. know, 600 years. Well, <laughs> he, he plays Boxer in ST. <laughs> I mean, well, he, yeah, sure. But nevertheless, you know, when we think of Daigo, we uh, we have this we idea, just, and we put him that you know he's Ryu, right? Right. He's, yeah. Like he 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 played so much for you. Even in SD, he has a real yeah, solid right. Ryu. Right. Uh, but you know, in Third Strike, he played Ken because Ken did everything Ryu did, but better. Which is yes, why exactly there are tier lists, and I think there's also an example mm-hmm. of that in one of the Mortal Kombat games where I think there's Smoke and Scorpion, and Smoke just has. All the better yeah. combos, or maybe it's Smoke and mm-hmm. Noob Saibot. It's like the Smoke does everything better and gets more damage from every single conversion hit that mm-hmm. you know the the lower tier character would get. And so sometimes mm-hmm. there's things like that where you know that's why we saw a bunch of Ryu players jump ship to Akuma if they wanted more offense, or Guile if they wanted you know to play more of a fireball game at the end of a season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Ryu didn't have an identity; he was yeah. He was long, like he got hit so hard that there was no reason to play him. Anybody, any other character in the game got more off of e- each hit if, if yeah, they just played right. a, a like a, as long as they weren't Ryu, they could get more conversions or more damage or yeah. have better zoning opportunities or something like that. So tears exist, but it should never be the end all be all, yes. right? Because yeah, that's... and and this is the you mentioned this like especially when you're starting out, right? Mm-hmm. When you're starting out, there's no 
reason to stick to the to the tier list, right? Exactly. You are missing so many skills that make the top mm-hmm. tier characters top tier that it's not going to matter. Yep. I uh, couldn't have said it better. And it, it it's it's just one of the things where just play have fun, right? It's a video yes. game. <laughs> right. As as much as you know, competition, <laughs> rah 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 money, this is the FGC. There's yeah. not a lot of money to be had. <laughs> Uh, right, un- especially in in online, there's little bits of money everywhere, but there's never mm-hmm. like, man, this is a tournament and I can win 10k <laughs> from this tournament. Right, it's it's just not gonna happen, uh, yeah. not in not in the current that thing, and that really can loop back in the commentary. I was reading a a Twitter yeah. thread, I believe yesterday, where a dude was like, oh, yeah, I really think I have a talent for commentary. My friends yeah. all think I'm really good at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but I I got a like they were in you know it's COVID times it's financial you know the rough financial situations mm-hmm. and everything like that and he's like but i have to do it for money and just like the fgc is not the place to right. get into commentary for money and we've we both kind of experienced it where sure uh, i've been commentating since late 2017 mostly for mm-hmm. free uh, yeah and when i do get paid it's very specific events mm-hmm. uh, or i get offered to get paid by locals that I know don't really have the money to consistently <laughs> right. pay me. And I'm like, I can't, I can't right. take this money and feel good. <laughs> yeah, about not in this. good conscience. <laughs> it's like, we can either make the, the prize pool for this tournament, a hundred dollars, or we can have no good on commentary. I'm like, make the prize pool a hundred dollars yeah, and please. I'll be on commentary anyway. Like <laughs> this is a local tournament. You're trying to build up your scene. Right. Don't let, don't like, don't prioritize me over that. Um, yeah. Because bigger events will mean, better money eventually sure uh and you know it's just not the thing that you get into this kind of thing right you got to grind a lot to get good at commentary Mm -hmm. and to get your brand out there to feel like you have a cohesive kind of approach to how you Mm -hmm. commentate and everything like that it takes time it takes dedication and you can't just drop in the middle of that and just like you can be a really good commentator start right in the middle of everything uh, but you're not going to get paid. You're not going to beat out the people that right. are known, right? So this mm-hmm. is always the the big thing for any tour, a tour event, and why it's so amazing that Saint Cola got to where he is at, which right. is through a lot of hard work. But two, yes, you have to get through that short list of people that 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 these tours are always going to go with. So if you the aren't, regulars, yep. a, yeah, if you aren't a Say Jam or a James Chin and Ultra David. Uh, mm-hmm. a vicious a ringe, right like the, or even like a yipes right you're not gonna mm-hmm. just get a random offer to be on a tour because you're new to commentary and you think you you're hot and right. everybody might think you're hot. like this is a classic classic age-old me i've had people tell me hey you should you know make a reel you should you know do blah right. blah 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 get into the the cpt i'm like yeah that would be great and all but like i have other priorities in my life that have to come first sure. Right. Uh, so I can't prioritize that that way. As serious as I am about commentary, it's it's not going to happen. So, you know, there's steps you have to take, things you need to do to get your name out there. Uh, and it, it's very important uh, to kind of do all that and go through the, the, the trials because that's what yes. lets the larger production staff know that you're dedicated, you're, you're yeah. you know, this is something you're serious about, this is something you're getting more into. And you got to constantly show constantly put your best foot forward and constantly improve that best foot that you're putting forward. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I agree. Um, you know, I remember when like this year was when because of COVID, if there is a silver lining, it's that it afforded me the opportunity to do something I always wanted to do, and that was take commentary more seriously. Now, living in the Midwest, I can commentate my locals, our monthlies, and, you know, stuff up in Michigan, stuff down in, like, Cleveland, you know, if anything's going on over in Indiana. I have some opportunities, but it's few and far between. And so if there is a silver lining to COVID, it's afforded me the opportunity to commentate these really well-known events, Wednesday Night Fights, Salt Mine League. Uh, you know, I've, I've done CASA once because of my work schedule, but I want to do CASA more. You know, doing the stuff with Stack on the Saturdays and, uh, and doing this uh, this Utah event. Like, I've, I've had the opportunity that I otherwise wouldn't, and it's it's been yeah. an absolute blessing. But, like... One thing, when I was first getting into it more heavily this year, talking to St. Cola, uh, and, you know, you you touched on it, but, like, nothing but love and praise and adoration for that dude. He has been such a, such a good, helpful, like, uh, what do I want to say? Like, he, he's the endearing... Homie. Yeah, yeah, obviously the homie. Obviously the homie. Yeah, but uh, all, all that entails, right, you know, he's endearing, he's always willing to help, he's there yeah. for you, you know, like, when you need the the pick me up and everything like that right. the dude is fantastic yeah um and in in talking with him when i was first getting started you know we we both were honest about the fact that like there's there's not exactly a blueprint for this there there are people who have been doing it for a long time and they've succeeded and you can kind of retrace their footsteps a bit but there's you know commentary in the FGC hasn't been established for as long as the FGC has been around. The FGC has been around for, you know, the better part of 30 years now, if in some cases a little bit longer, but like commentating live events, it's only really been a thing for like 15, 10 to 15, and even that's arguable. So it's still relatively fresh. And then if you compare it to something, you know, like traditional esports like StarCraft or <clears throat> Counter-Strike or yeah. Yeah, CSGO, any of that stuff, uh, there's there's a much more clear-cut path that those people who are trying to get into the broadcasting side of it can follow. And now some of that's also probably tied to the, uh, you know, the, like, actual wherewithal of those scenes. There's a lot more money, like we touched on as well, in those scenes compared to something like this. So it's easier to guide uh, production and broadcasting and almost have this this like rule sheet that you can follow it's like you start here you end up here because we don't have to worry about where the money's coming from from for x y and z and they have to see that's not the case so you know it really takes like you were saying it really takes that deliberate hard work and dedication it absolutely has to be present you have to be willing and this it sucks but it's the truth if you want the chance, you absolutely have to be willing to come at this from the angle of a passion project for either a long time or potentially the whole time that you're trying to do commentary in the FTC. It just really depends. You know, a lot of people, it's, there's, I can think of like two people that do this full time. And that is Sejem, who even that's arguable now because he streams so much and, you know, that's part of his brand. And then the other is like Tasty Steve. Other than that, and you have a bunch of, you know, quote-unquote, a bunch of top-level commentators across a multitude of different games, but they all have other, like, whether it's a full-time job, whether it's, like, you know, a side hustle from streaming, whether it's uh, X, Y, or Z, there there are other means to supplement their income. So 
Right, like Alter David's a, a lawyer. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, James I've, Chen, you know, was a programmer for so long. <clears throat> yeah, who I believe is, has been, you know, mostly just chilling through streaming. And yeah. I don't know if he does a Patreon, but, you know, it's, the, it's a, a lot of that is they didn't get to, like, you talk about Sejam and, and James Chen, and you look at, you know, the examples of people who can make a living off of being commentators alone, and they had to do it for a long time without yep. getting a yes. lot of money for it they had to build up a brand and become a personality in order to yep. be worth watching by hundreds or thousands of people at once yep. and now the fruits of their labor are are paying off and allowing yep. them the the ability to say no on some projects right 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 yeah and I like you you really hit the nail on the head like it, they, that branding is so important and there's a part of it like that's that's just the game we play right like they're no longer like it's not they they worked hard enough to be no longer be Steve Lyon or James Chen now it's Sejam and Jay Chenzor or you know Alter David rather than David Excuse Graham me. it's JC Henzor please <laughs> you're you're right you're right JC Henzor <laughs> let me fix my face you're right <laughs> Um, but you, that, that branding is, <laughs> that, that branding is so important because once you've established yourself for that as, and it's not even just commentary, you know, it's, it's in production, it's in uh, being a player, it's in being a TO, you know, people recognize what sorts of unique qualities you can bring to the scene. And if you're good enough at it and you do it enough times, they look for that when they're going to watch or attend an event. Um, you know, I you think of you think of uh, the Hado, and it's like, oh, that's combo breaker. I have to be there because his work ethic and his love and passion and care shines through more than basically any other event on the planet, and that's part of that branding. And Rick would probably hate me saying that. I don't know that he would be happy to hear that. Like that's a branding thing, but like that's the truth, right? They associate it with him and his staff, and so establishing that branding is so yeah, important. Yeah, the, the to combo make breaker. The combo breaker brand is, you know, that style of of tournament, right? That's going to be well mm -hmm. run. It's going to include everything under the sun. I can't imagine mm -hmm. their event not trying to run like thirty games in a weekend. Yeah, and it blows my mind that he does it. And I'm <laughs> so upset that year after these, you know, past two years, really just one year at this point. Uh, it feels like it's been two years. Uh, yeah. you know, twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. You know, they're just not going to be combo breakers. Uh, really really breaks my heart uh, because rough. i've you know 2020 i couldn't attend but 2021 i was like thinking you know if i can if the vaccine oh, have you never been better and everything no i actually haven't been to oh my god breaker. uh i never quite had enough money to, yeah, to make sure. it so that's that's the way that it goes yeah. but I, you know it's something that i'm looking forward to and of course you know one day <laughs> one yeah. day if, if it's able to come back around but that's that's another big part of it right being able to network yourself and know people yes. like rick the hado uh or you know getting into the, the street fighter side of things knowing the production people over there so if mm -hmm. you're looking at tenno productions and stuff like that right you know getting in and knowing those those people it's going to make a a big difference right anybody yeah. that can is in those organizations or has a say in those organizations for their tours and be getting able to be like, Hey, look, you know, I, I kind of have something mm -hmm. going on here. If, if you want to, you know, if you ever have a spot, you know, you put me on a short yeah. list of replacements and stuff like that to mm -hmm. kind of get yourself in there. It can 
do good good work for you. Um, you always have to be trying to network yourself, not yep. just to people that kind of get to make the decisions, but your other commentators too. Absolutely. Uh, everybody that I'm on commentary with is a, a joy to, to be on with. There's some that need more work. There's some that are, are fantastic sure. in their own right. And I try to help out wherever I can, right? Same. So, you know, Flexus has World Rivals going on <clears throat> now. And so yeah. they're doing an event later today. Uh, and it was just like, you know, she was on commentary with me for the, the G Fuel stuff on yeah. Friday. And she was like, hey, I might need somebody else for, for Sunday. And I was like, yeah, I can I can definitely be available if you need somebody. Just, you know, hit nice. me up uh, and, and stuff like that. You know, I was planning on watching the event anyway, so I have this time mm -hmm. locked out. You just got to, right. like, I was planning to support anyway. So if I can right. if I can support you by hopping on commentary because somebody, right. you know, has, has to drop out, you know, just, just let me know. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and being there or, or with Tom, right? <clears throat> Tom asked me to be on the Facebook thing. I'm like, listen, I got a tournament that's literally the exact same time and I don't right. think we can move it. I'm, I, I can't make it. I want to and I appreciate right. the offer, but I'm, I'm really just stuck here. Uh, yeah. I say stuck, but you know, I was I was commentating the new challenger charity oh, yeah, charity yeah, event right, right, yesterday. Right. Where we made mm -hmm. we raised four hundred four hundred and twenty dollars in sixty nine. Nice. How, <laughs> incredible. And fucking nice, dude. Which is weird because we ended the tournament and like the it was over and we made two hundred, which was our goal. It was a five week series to to raise some money for child's play. We hit yeah. two hundred by the end of it. And then we we finished it, turned off the stream, everything like that. I get a message twenty minutes later from Lizardman being like, "Uh, yeah, this person donated, and now we're at for, for twenty sixty nine." I'm like, "Nice, so sick." <laughs> um, something yeah. that you mentioned, something that you mentioned just a minute ago was there's, and I, I think you know it's been really encouraging to me. Not that I ever. I never really had a reason to feel otherwise, but because I wasn't as, I guess, involved in the commentary side of things for so long, because I just didn't have the opportunity. I would commentate when I was available, but like, again, just because of where I live, it, it, the, it was slim pickings, uh, you know, maybe a couple right. times a year or whatever. Um, but now that I'm having this opportunity to commentate all these online events, it's become very apparent to me there's a real camaraderie amongst us, um, at, at least with those of us who are like, this you know this like younger roster right or it, you, this newer roster the the people who are coming up trying to make the name for themselves and you know trying to establish our brands uh respectively and it's always whether it's like you tom flexus saint cola whoever like we're always reaching out to each other and like either either just directly supporting and like sharing and you know uh, liking stuff on social media or, you know, engaging or watching in the chat or like being like, hey, you know, I, I know about this event. Somebody asked me, I can't do it, but I want to pass it along to you. Or like, hey, I'll pass your name along to this person. Maybe we can commentate this event together. There's so much help. And it's not it's not crabs in a bucket, right? We're all trying to spread love. And I think that's so important because like, obviously, there's an aspect of it that is, I think, inherently competitive. You, you can't deny it because you know, we all want to get better. We all want, you know, to be on the big stage and on the big show. And so there, 
there's an aspect of it where you can't deny that like, okay, I have to work a little bit harder than this guy, but it's not to the point where we don't want to see anybody else succeed. We just want to be the best version of ourselves. And if we notice somebody else is putting in the work, they're getting the spots and it's like, okay, well, I've got more work to do. So it's more of a self challenge, but there's such an effort to just be like inclusive and compassionate and, it's never really about putting other people down. It's about no. lifting everybody yes. up. Yes, exactly, exactly. Right? And, and it's 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 a, it's a very fighting game mindset, right? Like you don't yeah. want you don't want everybody to be bad, and then you're all alone at the top shining. Right. You want the challenge. You want yes. the need to drive yourself forward, right? The like even even though we don't directly compete with each other, we're commentators, uh, so we usually have to work as a team. But there is this. Right this thing where it's like yeah so like if you know because saint cola right now is big like it's like this yeah. dude is had you know he's made it to the big stage he's doing this and that have you listened to his bars drop his flow that he has you know right. you have to respect that and been like man that sounds really nice how can i move uh, my own my own mm-hmm. style or craft forward to match that or to get to that level Right. Uh, where you don't sound like them. You don't like the point isn't to emulate each other because we're all different people. Mm-hmm. We all have a different sound. We've all nurtured this different sound, whether we've kind of wanted to or not. It's kind of just how mm-hmm. your brain thinks and processes and says words. And you lean right. into that the more that you do it. Mm-hmm. But you have to you have to look at that and be like, I can do better, right? Look at that level yeah. he's at. I can do better. There was a time mm-hmm. I was on Assault Mine League with St. Color. It's the one where he does the big, you know, V-Trigger 2, long have we awaited, <laughs> you know, everything like that. Like, he popped off big at that, and I had no response to it, right? Yeah, like, what do you say? It, it like, it no, not even, like, in that one moment. That entire tournament, it was St. Cola doing St. Cola things, and yeah. I felt like I was just there. And he might not agree with me on that one. He loves me to death which is fantastic i love right. it but there's times where i know i didn't do or yes. i wasn't matching him in in terms mm-hmm. of being the level of commentator it's not about yeah being again not about being him and being the one that gets to do long have we elated blah 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 blah, blah. that's mm-hmm. you know that's not me i look at that i'm like that's a little corny you know i, I ain't <laughs> damn doing that's how you feel it's funny <laughs> don't get me wrong it's just <laughs> I don't have the energy to pull to pull it off. Right. Like, no, you, I like totally you hear him do it, totally and you're like, it. "Damn, that sounds hype." Yeah, you hear me do it, and you're like, right? you're, "You hear me do it, and you're like, what does this guy say?" He doesn't believe in this, right? Saint Cola read that, and he believed in it. All right, so you know, props to him for doing that. But that tournament, I was sitting there looking. I'm like, I really have just been going through the motions in commentary for like sure. a past like three or four weeks, and mm-hmm. I need to sit back and reevaluate and see how I'm doing stuff, and. It happened to me again, right? It was a couple couple of weeks ago. I think it was actually this past week. He got back from from CPT, and I was chilling on the drink, and yeah. I was just sitting there thinking we were discussing some things. And he's like, he's like talking about you know some of the stuff, and I just had this epiphany of like, I haven't been having fun on commentary recently. Really? How do I how do I change that? Um, Interesting. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Not to like this isn't like a therapy session, but that's just interesting. I wouldn't have guessed to hear that. Uh, it, it wasn't. It wasn't like I was wasn't having fun watching matches or speak like being on the microphone. But I, you could, I could looking back on it and being self reflective, I could feel like you know I was kind of just going through the motions and it yeah. wasn't. I wasn't there. I was just like, okay, blah 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 does this, blah 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 does okay, that, blah blah sure. blah does this, and it, it, you know, just real dry and boring. And 
I hope anybody that has listened to me like in the past week has realized that No Remy is just having fun on the microphone. I think it started yeah. last week on Thursday. I made a whole bunch of Z's nuts jokes on, oh, hell yeah, uh, dude. on Digital Havoc, and I was having <laughs> yeah. a ton of fun doing it. And then I believe Tuesday roll around, I'm on uh, Juicy Game Night. Uh, that's a mm. Florida tournament. Yeah, yeah, you and Flexus. Yeah, we were on. Yeah, we were on, and I was just going in on like stupid heat jokes and a whole <laughs> bunch of other stuff yeah uh, i was having i was having a ton of fun with it and then uh it was i can't remember if it was thursday or uh saturday not saturday friday and the i don't know what it was but like i would be nice and humorous and whatever and then somebody else would say something about me and I'll, I, like i would just do like the driest take ever of like oh yeah very very funny and everybody else would start laughing i'm like realize that was funny which would make everybody else laugh again i'm like all right, right. <laughs> this is this is what you want from me okay <laughs> but again Are it was you, a ton of fun uh, yeah that that's really that's really what it, it boils back down to and we talked yes. on, on this at the beginning of like hey if you're gonna get into this like a it's a passion project you have to have fun mm -hmm. doing this and I was getting to the point where I'm like, you know what? I haven't mixed anything up. I've just been, sure. you know, kind of my my neutral self. Uh, oh, that was that's that's the line I was going to bring up from from Saint Cole. He's like, you like he was like, you got to be yourself on on the mic. Yeah. Uh, and and not like dress it up esportsy and stuff like that, which I you know I have that aspect to me, but hmm. this is always something that I go through and and struggle with to get a little more deeper. Here is who is Nogaremi, right? Sure, like, right. I'm, and I know like Nogaremi is like a, you know, a, a moniker and stuff like that. But a lot of what goes into Nogaremi is who I actually am as a, as a person. Yeah, of course. Uh, and a lot of it, a lot of my natural reactions aren't as, I don't know. I'm, I don't feel like I'm a funny person or anything like that. Okay. on on the face value right like you gotta yeah you have to get to know me to to like see all the stupid hidden nonsense that i feel comfortable saying like i have a very shielded approach to to who i am right which is seen by the fact that i use a moniker and like nobody knows my real name uh mm -hmm. so there's there's a side that that is that that you know i am being shielded and not letting myself you know come out sure. on a microphone naturally uh and kind of reevaluating that and realizing i really like doing stupid puns stupid puns are great or singing stuff yeah. like i'm a i'm a little bit i take a little bit from everybody right so saying cole sure. loves to drop the bars tom is always right. with the song lyrics and the puns mm -hmm. i this is just me and tom always vibing on the same level me and tom are very much on the same wavelength we love pun, we love puns and we love song lyrics <laughs> yeah. uh we we go well with that but i forget 90 percent of the song lyrics unless they're in front of me uh which is a little bit of a problem uh, sure a little bit <laughs> But with with song lyrics come bars, and like I like to try to to mix all of it to together, and just yeah. kind of you know start going in on stuff. Uh, and it's a ton of fun. Uh, I had a ton of fun on G Fuel. I had a ton of fun on Juicy Game Night. Juicy Game Night might be the most fun that I I had on a microphone yeah. uh, since just doing uh, RS R slash SF. Uh, yeah, right, right, right. Way way back in twenty nineteen. Uh, just a a way different style and, and getting back mm -hmm. to that is nice like even when you see me do like the online local east coast and i'm hanging out with joe and, and tom and mm -hmm. you know all all my homies that i don't always get to talk to uh 
there's a little bit of a of a difference of who I how I interact on there. Like like yeah, I don't sure. get near blackout drunk every single time that I'm on that <laughs> oh, uh sure, tournament anymore. Uh <laughs> It was easy to do when I was in college. Now I'm getting older. I'm like, I can't. I can't keep doing this. A, my wallet hurts. And, and B, uh, I got student loans to repay. And my wallet hurts. Uh, so there's there's parts there's parts of that. There's parts of, like, I have work the next morning at 6 a.m. Yeah. Like, I, I work 6 to 3. And I would probably, since I'm on the West Coast now, I would probably get done with the tournament around 9-ish. And then yeah. I, I would have to immediately go to bed, but I'm also, I don't want to be drunk and trying to go to sleep. It's not going to be good <laughs> sure. sleep. And it's, <sighs> listen, it's a, it's a process to go through, go through and be really, really drunk. Also, I've said a lot of, <laughs> a lot of crazy things, uh, on that, <laughs> on that tournament series that yeah, sure. I don't really need to go back through and, and relive all the time. Uh, <laughs> you'll see me bring up chicken sauce every once in a while. There's a couple of other stories on there that have thankfully faded to the ether and hopefully continue well. So I, I'm not going to bring those up. Fair enough, um, my friend. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, part of it is, is like, mm. I, you know, I gotta have fun on the microphone and getting back to yes. that kind of core of where I started commentary is where I had a lot of the fun. So finding that time again is, it's fun. Like I, I'm having fun. It's fun. What else can I say? Yeah. And the, like you said, that's, that's the most important thing, you know, for just about anything you're going to do in life. Like that it's a little, it's a little generalizing, right? But like, if you can reap value out of it and not look at it strictly as like like work work if you're if you have passion for it if you're able to be yourself be able to be vulnerable with the people that you're sharing that space with um it makes the reward of it so much more so much more heavy uh so, so much heavier i guess i should say yeah um, i think that's a a good point when you don't quite look at it as work work yeah because i can tell you right now when i'm working my actual job <laughs> right i'm very shielded and guarded and yes. uh you know i'm doing my job and right yep. I, i'm here for a reason and it's it's to complete these these tasks in whatever sequence mm -hmm. they come through to me and get paid uh right. commentary is a little bit different because you are a personality and you have to yeah. bring something that differentiates you uh, so mm -hmm you know it's it's gonna be it's it's again the the way my brain works it's not as cut and dry as like just be funnier and be yourself there's a whole right. process that it kind of has to go through and like my brain has to give clearance to the rest yeah. to the rest of the things that i want to do if like i have to make it work in my brain and kind of change flip like flip a switch but the switch is like mm -hmm in a in a locked room with like 800 locks and i gotta yeah, open puzzle. up each one and <laughs> yeah. it, it's a process uh but having having that fun uh and uh oh, there was something i wanted to say and i forgot it oh no well you know you you talking about having fun and like how much of a difference it can make i think oh know, that that's oh it. go ahead yeah mm -hmm. having when i'm having fun or when the, the commentators are having fun on on the mic i I don't think that there can be a, a better way to make your audience have fun other than yes. having that, that natural fun yourself. It's so obvious. Yeah, it's, you it's... you can't really fake it, right? If you're mm -hmm. cruising and, and you're, you know, kind of just going through the motions, people can kind of tell. 
And yes. it was like, okay, cool. He's saying good things, but like, it's it, you don't stand out. You're just there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can like I can that, read off frame data for you. Like, all right, right. <laughs> right. That's something that I I'll often tell. Like, <clears throat> uh, you know, I, there's actually something that like I I kind of want to discuss and see what your thoughts were. But you know, you were talking about like when you're when you're having the most fun on commentary. It's like. Or at least in these uh, these examples that you mentioned, you know, with like making dumb puns and like song lyrics, dropping bars, whatever it is, like being a lot more loose and less of like the quote unquote like uh, like the esports framework, right? Where it's like you know you sound like the newscaster and uh, you know you've got the right cadence and rhythm, you're hitting all the right talking points about frame data, matchups, tier lists, whatever it is, right? Right. Um, th- th- there's a difference there. Um, but something that like often comes to often comes to me if I'm talking to people like in my region about commentary. Cause like we have a lot of people for our online events that are doing it for the first time or, or are doing it and are still like very like green in the thumb. Um, I always try to tell them that like, if you, if you don't like, if you're nervous, that's fine. Everybody gets nervous about it. Right. But if you don't actually like want to be there and you and you don't care, and you don't have to, you know, live, eat, and breathe Street Fighter, but there should be passion there, and you should want to do it, and you should, like, the person that you are sharing the space with, you should want to have this conversation with them. If none of those things are present, even in, like, a little bit, it's going to be so obvious to the audience. It comes across so clearly in ways that you don't even understand, unless you, like, go back and listen to it. And so... uh, first and foremost is that you need to assess those things and be like, okay, do I like, do I want my 15 minutes in the spotlight or do I actually want to talk about this and have a good time, you know, telling people why fighting games are so sick. And there's a big difference between the two. And so like when, when I have newer commentators that like might reach out to me and be like, Hey, like, how do I like, how do I get started with this? And like, what should my approach be? That's always one of the first things I tell them is like, you have to make sure that the audience knows you want to be there. <laughs> yeah, that that's going to be the the really big part of it. And I think I was on the Battle Lounge, which is a an Oregon tournament, and I was commentating with somebody new before the there was a whole issue where the they were having a snowstorm and the power went out at the streamer's yeah. house, so like you know we couldn't stream the rest of the tournament. But I was I was talking with uh, that Neil J, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm you know just kind of getting started in, in commentary. I'm nervous. I I don't know." what to say i'm like listen you just talk about what you know because Mm -hmm. you play street fighter you know what it is and we'll have a conversation and talk about stuff yeah right and i'll i'll say some things i'll leave space for you you'll say some things if we ever Mm -hmm. start talking at the same time go ahead and continue (laughs) i'll i'll drop off right right and and that and that kind of stuff so there's ways to kind of get in, in, inclusive with it and to mm. make them feel more comfortable. And part of it is, yes. you know, if, if you're on the mic with somebody new, you are their, their introduction to how yep. to do yep. a two-person a commentary. Yeah, yep. there's a, that's how they're, they will initially always think, hey, this is how two-person commentary works. Uh, matter of fact, if you look at, if you go back and listen to the episode with me and Tom, uh, there's this entire concept where Tom talks about having a nog pause, which is when I intentionally end my sentence at a certain point mm-hmm. so that my other commentator can speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah. One. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was, 
you know what you cheated man i was like in the middle of like taking a drink because i was like okay he's gonna talk a little bit longer here that's bullshit uh so it, it's definitely it, you know there's definitely times for it and sometimes the knock pause doesn't quite come across to the viewer because i'll in my sentence i'll wait and then I'll keep talking, right? And so sure. there's always that little little bit of confusion where you don't, you know, like, you, now you're used to the knock pods and you're like, oh, it's my turn to speak. I'm like, no, 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 still me. Uh, but, you know, that's that's who, that's who how I incorporate them. So I have those little yeah. pauses. I try to let people know early on, like, hey, there's going to be these little pauses. If you start mm -hmm. talking or we both start talking at the same time, I'll drop off. You keep going yeah. and, and we'll have some, some fun. Mm-hmm. Um... So one of the things that I mentioned before before we got off on that was like I'm I'm interested in the philosophy behind like different commentary approaches and something that like I can't remember there was some this was early on in the pandemic somebody had a Twitter thread that was like talking about like commentary pet peeves and now I think on its face that thread was like kind of set up to be toxic, right? Because it's really easy for somebody to talk about something that like they find uh, critically, like critically failing with commentary. And then like I either somebody is like talking specifically about you or you can relate to what they're talking about. It's like, ah, oh, shit, like, man, I'd like do more people not like this or whatever. But it, it made me think about like, <clears throat> uh, I guess like shortcomings and ways that, like, specifically ways that people might not be cognizant of, like, turning off an audience. Because I think as a commentator, that's that's another responsibility you have, like, to, to understand when you might be a little too selfish with your time and take away from the reason the audience is there, right? Um, so, like, one of one of the one of the big things for me is like finding the balance of you know the business side of things where it's like you know the play-by-play -play analysis you know talking about the talking about the upcoming match before the match starts you know maybe talking about the backstory whatever it is between the players the character matchup all that stuff and then interjecting <clears throat> the the flair of the interpersonal connection between the two commentators where, you know, where you might be cracking jokes between each other and maybe they're even inside jokes or something, right? It's not super apparent to the audience, but it allows them to see that you are more comfortable. You're in your element, you're having fun. It's not this forced, you know, we're both here to collect our $5 food voucher. Uh, <laughs> that was so, a good one. Yeah, I, I thought so. Uh, and so I, I, I think it's really important to find a balance, but like if, if there is a like, a peeve that I notice, I think sometimes like it's really apparent when some people, and I think you see this more at like a local level, which maybe this isn't a problem then, but like you'll see people who are just kind of, they're like, Oh, Hey, I want to be on and talk and have people listen to me. And then they'll like not pay any attention to the match. And I think there's a big disservice there because not only are you, disengaging the viewers from why they're watching the stream in the first place but also like from the competitor standpoint there are so many newer people that want to go back and rewatch matches and like they might not have that insight to know what they should be looking for and commentators at least to you know a surface to intermediate level can provide that in ways that 
you know, you might not have the <clears throat> mental fortitude to like understand those minute details of the match otherwise. And so I, I think like, yeah. if, if there's like one thing that like sticks out to me, it's like people kind of going off on tangents, not knowing when to reel it back in, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why I think the online local is a real interesting place to start because you learn how to tangent a lot. Uh, sure. <laughs> and I mean a lot, a lot, but also <laughs> when you're dealing and this is, uh, I say dealing with Joe, but when you're when you're commentating with Joe, and this is something that a lot of people don't realize, is you have to get him back on track. If you've never been right. on a podcast with Joe, or if you've never commentated with Joe Monday, you have to get him back on track because he he's a wild man, and he's I mean he's the local party boy, and I mean this with right. all all respect. You just gotta nudge him in the right direction sometimes, and you're like, okay, I know that you love telling that couch story for the 80th time, but like. Uh, let's let's talk about this match uh, because you know it's it has some good stuff and part of that is finding that moment to interject and as when yeah. you are the co-commentators to somebody's kind of tangential line, uh, getting them back on track is is an important part and having that commentator matchup is is important. Mm -hmm. uh, but you also have to know when to lean into it and and go yes. go off on it and so it's a really narrow double-edged double sword of like sure you don't want to ruin the fun but you want to also have fun talking about the match uh and yes. stuff like that and the, mm -hmm. the way that i usually deal with that is i get really hype at the little crazy stuff that is mm -hmm. actually happening in the match so like you'll heal me legitimately get excited when somebody walks half a half a pixel and and pushes a button and right, it's right. their confirmed because that was sick. They like completely spaced themselves perfectly. Or when I look back on a situation, I see like, oh, they did this in this situation because mm -hmm. they did, you know, because their opponent was locked in the situation and previously they had right. done this option. So this time they they backed up and looked for this anti or went back in and then backed back right back up and you know to beta right, throw right. beta jump or whatever. Uh and the it's the little mind games there of like, mm -hmm. okay, but you have to remember three games earlier, they did this in this situation. Yes, of course. Like um, when you're just like watching a fighting game as an audience, you might not remember that. Yes, right. And so, yeah, I guess that, I think I think that's my point is like sometimes people, I think it's easy. And again, I, I absolutely no fault for newer commentators doing this, but like it's easy to lose sight of the fact that you do have a responsibility to narrate what is happening that's why you're there and yeah well, yeah right it's not the whole thing absolutely i agree um you and, and we, we talked about how you have to form your own style you can absolutely try to form your style into that of a, a yipes or eris where you just kind of talk and yeah. say random things constantly uh but even they will bring it bring it back yeah, right exactly so when when yipes is you know commentating dragon ball if he gets mixed he is shouting out to the heavens that right. he got mixed right uh, and yeah I, I was just gonna say like and again the thing is they understand they, they still understand the responsibility absolutely part of their brand and why they they themselves can get people to go to an event not even just watch an event if, if they're at an event they can get people to fly out to that event just to like hear their commentary live that is absolutely the kind of power that they hold but they still understand that responsibility that, like, it's not just to hear me, like, 
talk you know like have some random analogy that's like this funny story or hear me spout you know my my catchphrases that people love it's like also i'm i'm still relating it to the game that's that's the biggest difference right because there there are some people who like they'll get off on like a tangent that's like i had this you know i i, I saw this dog eat a sandwich and then they're talking about it for 15 minutes and now two matches have gone by and then you know, you're left in like this weird nebulous area that it's like, okay, how do we get back to this? <laughs> yeah, and that's been, and I feel like some of the stories so far this season, you know, haven't quite panned out. Like people, commentators aren't telling as many stories because they're so focused on looking at what's happening on the screen with all of these yeah. new changes that have happened, sure. which is also uh, something that we wanted to talk about. Because right now, yeah. the the balance for this game is kind of crazy everybody seems to be Very. a super strong character every time that i see them on on screen of course Dawson's looking a little bit worse but even at the g fuel yeah. event on uh friday uh, you know nyc furby was still doing a ton of, of work uh, mm -hmm. especially against shoto characters so like when he played against sure. Tega, he was able to really control both the kage and the akuma coming out of him uh mm -hmm. so you know it's those things were even a character that's you know got nerfed is still performing really well and, and stuff like that and even seeing the the characters come back so we're seeing more kages and more ryus more sagats all because of all the buffs and stuff like that and it's super fun to see sakuras with uh chrissy's yeah of course. yeah so i'm i'm curious you know who do you think like who do you think are some of the biggest winners across the patch so far yeah ryu, <laughs> ryu and sagat uh are are some big winners uh, definitely, uh, the, if I had to pick somebody a little bit more out there, Alex is definitely a big really winner. He is a real deal, real ass character. Now <laughs> he's scary. I played, I played <laughs> against prototype, I think on Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it was maybe Wednesday. It was terrifying. Sure. Uh, every time I got knocked down, I'm like, I don't want to be next to this man. Uh, why does he get? Why is he pushing sweep in neutral so much? Oh, he gets to dash up and get meaty stand medium punch, which is plus three on yep. block now, and I'm scared. Increased SPD range too. He only grabbed me once, <laughs> and that's that's the mark of a true grappler. <laughs> oh, it was terrifying. But we even saw like Honda, you know, didn't really get nerfed, got some good uh touches Dude, up himself. That's why yeah. we saw that, you know, no need to talk when the G Fuel event mm -hmm. uh going home with a, a lot of money. Cause that started out yeah. as a thousand dollar tournament and ended up. They got being, to like two grand, right? Yeah, over two grand. It was wild. Yeah. Uh, so it was it was incredible to, to see everything like that and to see all of the players, right? Knowing, like, no need to talk had the craziest bracket run. He went down to losers fairly early, and then he had to go through Shine, Shine NYC, the Abuki, yeah. Jury, whatever player. Uh, I don't know who he plays anymore, <laughs> Lucia. Uh, <laughs> then then went through Punk, then went yeah. through Orange Man, then went through Destructive, I believe. Damn. And then went through uh, yeah, so many well people. That's like that's like top sixteen, top eight at a major. That's wild. Yeah, all all in this path to just plow right through. He ended up having to, uh, yeah, to take it to. Oh, why am I blanking on this match? It was such a good one. Are you talking about grand finals? No, grand finals was against oh. Space Boy. I I knew yeah. that one. It's the losers finals that I can't remember. 
I watched part of that event, but I don't remember if I watched the oh, finals or not. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I was. I commented the event. I can't remember. It's all right, no. homie. It's been a long week. It's been a long week. Uh, but yeah, seeing every single person that he go through, like he in losers finals, it he ended up down. Oh, it was it was Zaffarino. Uh, oh. Right, he was up against Zaffarino, and it was. He lost two to two to one. Left the lobby like was completely gone. We had to like vamp for ten minutes <laughs> to get him back on, uh, because he thought it was completely over. And like, yeah, right. No, no, no. It's it's two to one. It's a losers finals. Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta play. He made the comeback afterwards. Like that heavy That's reset, so crazy. mental reset gave him the ability to to take it there <laughs> and then to take it over Space Boy. Three uh, zero in a reset, and then I believe three two final final round after and Shane dead ass true finals. Right. And yeah, his his trajectory over like the past year and a half in I think really solidifying himself as the best Honda player in the country has just been pretty like pretty inspiring to watch because like you didn't really hear like he, people knew about him, but not the way they do now. Yeah, um, now he's he's a force to be reckoned with. And a lot mm-hmm. of times people are like, oh, prototype, you know, one of the, you know, yeah. the best Honda in, in America and stuff like that. But then No Need to Talk really came and made a big splash. Also secondary, you know, having the, the poison in the back pocket, mm-hmm. which is wild because one of the worst matchups poison can play, I think, is Honda. <laughs> that uh, makes sense. Yeah. So just All completely that. different archetypes and everything like that. And he played mm-hmm. both so well, right? He played poison against Zaffarino's uh, Sagat. Yep, I remember that. So... It was a a really, really fun to watch him use kind of the absence of nerfs. Because I can't really sure. say Honda didn't get too many buffs, no. to, to be fair. Uh, but he just didn't get nerfed. Uh, so he, he definitely didn't get nerfed. But, like, two of the really, actually three of the really big things that stick out to me for Honda, that's, like, literally why he didn't need that. <laughs> it's, like... They, they gave him the ability to juggle V-Trigger Headbutt after, I think, like, Light Headbutt, which, like, the amount of damage that that opens up is wild. Yeah, because that goes and into then, critical art. Right, right. And then they also, I think they gave him, like, a better opportunity to juggle into, like, off of something. I can't remember specifically what, but it I've seen new combos. Light Punch, Medium Punch. Uh, which will knock the opponent up on hit yeah. into medium hands. If you delay at the perfect timing, you can get EX butt slam after it. That's what I was going to say, Mid- yes. Mid-screen. Uh, right, yeah, super messed up. And then they also gave him a five-frame stand medium kick. It's like, bro. <laughs> it's like, I, I actually really like watching Honda. I think he's sick. They, the way but they designed him in this game is super cool. But yeah, now he is a freaking problem. <laughs> I think he was in a fine spot before, but... yeah. Uh, oh, and the change to to anti air moves uh, can make it a little yeah. bit easier for him to just get raw jump ins on people uh, into large damage. Uh, yeah, I was really hoping they would nerf the amount of chip on hands and make yeah. hands like punishable, like ever. Please, <laughs> why does yeah, he get? It... Why does he get to mash hands four times in a row? And I can't jump out. I can't back dash. I can't push a button. And oh, there's a huge gap. You can just uppercut it, bro. Bro, yeah, just just do that, right? Just risk your risk, risk more of your life getting a crush counter combo from Honda. All right, tell me how that goes for you. So, how do you? Speaking of changes, uh, I have to imagine you might have had a bit of a swan song for your boy Guile. How are you feeling? Uh, it was rough. One of my most famous tweets is me tweeting out that uh, point blank bloom is zero frowny face. Uh, 
I, that what a banger I, I, what a banger and then the immediate tweet after that was so bot kick is minus four uh which didn't get as many but definitely still got some people being like yeah. finally i'm like what do you mean finally this had no need to be minus four they took they took boom away from the boy he needs sobot kick to control more space now and they just neutered that so it's uh you know uh i'm playing ryu uh yeah i mean shit why not right i mean i was i was a ryu player uh yeah i remember one through three ish uh i say three ish because it was like half of of season three uh there was a a bit bit of reprieve where in season beginning of season two i played nikali because oh yeah ryu was not existent in the game at the beginning of (laughs) season two right uh it, it just wasn't fun to play him, but he's a ton of fun to play right now. And that's the biggest thing. Yeah. That's really is the biggest thing. It's just fun to play him. Right. It feels like this is how he should have been. Right. Yeah. Like he has pressure. He gets to move around the screen. He can't quite throw fireballs uh, as much as he would like, or as much as I would like. Uh, but that's just the guile in me. I like tossing fireballs. Sure. Sure. Uh, he, yeah, he's fun to play. Uh, what more can I say? I wish his fireball wasn't minus one on hit, uh, point sure. blank. But you know, uh, you know, it's it's the way thing goes. Uh, but yeah. he gets to move around the screen. He gets excellent low forward conversions. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets big damage. I love it. But you have your your boy Akuma, which is a uh, little little rough. So here's the thing with Akuma, like I the nerfs that he got make perfect sense, and probably should have happened sooner yes (laughs) but like and i again anybody who ever in their right mind tries to say that like i am an akuma down player you can hold that i know akuma's ridiculous he's been probably top two in the game since he released in season two i know akuma's ridiculous hold hold on to your panties uh but the other thing i i am disappointed in the akuma changes not because of the nerfs but because of the like he really only got one buff. Like, there's an argument that there's another one, but it's inconsequential. Here's and also the thing, because though. When you're hmm. trying to normalize your cast so that every character is viable, you can't keep giving buffs to the toppest tier character over well, and over so, and over again, which is things that they have done in the past, right? Where they have right. nerfed Akuma, air quotes there, but it really <laughs> just opened up him to do other stuff in the game. And... And so, that's not really a nerf. You're just changing how this move functions so that he gets to do a different mix-up, which isn't, you know, it's it's not a nerf. It's just a change right. of mechanics, right? Instead so, of getting a true string of, you know, you know, light red fireball, now they have to guess and get hit between light red fireball, heavy red fireball, and EX red fireball. Have fun. It's just like, okay. So, so here's the thing. I didn't, like, the changes that I wanted were legitimately, they were more quality of life than anything and specifically to v skill 2 and actually v trigger 2 didn't need anything if v trigger 2 would have gotten what i wanted it would have been more of a buff but it didn't need anything but v skill 2 absolutely needs some help and they literally didn't even touch it which is hard for me to fathom because it's like you go out of your way to deliberately nerf v skill 1 which is fine it's in my opinion tied with rashid's v skill 1 for the best in the game and it sh- you shouldn't get a for free side switch. I get that. That's fine. Uh, but then you don't do anything to try and bolster up your other V skill, which literally nobody uses competitively. 
I know one person. And, <laughs> well, sure. Uh, but, like, so, yeah, like, they didn't change that. And then, like, it's really weird because the buff that they gave to Akuma, the Heavy Punch DP buff, it does 20 more damage now and it has a better horizontal hitbox, is honestly huge and we didn't need it. The extra damage that he gets and also the fact that he can get his second best optimal, like, stun combo now without the difficulty of micro-walking is silly and there was no reason for it. But it's boring. It's like, I, I would take something that is not even considered a buff if it was just more of an interesting change. And the fact that that wasn't there is just, it was just disappointing to me. Um, and so, like, with, with V-Skill 2, I was talking about, you know, quality of life stuff. Like, I've put upwards of three months into that V-Skill now, using it exclusively. And honestly, I really like it. I'm For the foreseeable future, it's probably going to be what I stick with. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, it challenges me in new ways. But, like... There, there's stuff that it absolutely needs as it as it is right now i think you actually on hit and on block you build less v gauge than using v skill one which do, again doesn't make sense because if they want to give you a reason to use it and it's like doesn't have the same utility as v skill one you know being able to parry being able to anti-air being able to get car demon setups right you have all this utility v skill two should grant you a little more v-gauge for being a slightly worse choice objectively hey, um man, you're you're looking at a real player who basically had the choice dude. between a parry and another parry as as v-skill and one was like <laughs> four times as long as the other one to get two parry frames and it's just like all right uh i guess I, i'll use the one that parries immediately <laughs> rather than the one that parries a year from now and gives me no oki uh, I, also, for what it's worth, there there was no way before for you to ever build V trigger without opponent right, interaction. Right. He needed to parry something to build V trigger, and it sucked. And I I could not agree more. I again so, on, since again, since season one again look, looking at the complaints here, it's like, huh? Oh, I now get a target combo that uses V skill two versus I just want more damage or more reason to use V V skill two. It's like Ryu had a, a terrible choice before, and now he actually can get Oki and pressure off of using V skill two. Like you can still get stuff out of out of V skill two. You still get nice hype combos that you don't right. get in V skill one. Yes, you you are exactly right. And so, like I'm saying, like my it's quality of life changes. That's all because it's like V skill two is not useless, but there. Like at at the upper echelons of competition, there's no reason to use V skill two as opposed to V skill one, and even at like the intermediate level with people trying to take it more seriously, there's not really much reason, and I just think that's not the best design choice. And to go back to what you were saying about Ryu, I've been on the train since season one that like I wish he had something better than parry, and the fact that he couldn't build anything on like literally all he could do was like parry stuff to build v gauge outside of crush counters of course or taking damage makes no sense to me um yeah but uh it it, it really <laughs> sucked. they they gave him a parry then they gave him uh v trigger two, parry? which was a parry and then they gave him v skill two which was a parry and then they put v shift in the game which is another parry uh i know I'm so sorry friend <laughs> i i really don't know why they can't think of other things to do it's... with ryu it's very um, bizarre. Like, give him a Metsu Shoryuken for a V-Trigger. I don't care. Yeah, or make make Donkey Kick uh, the V-Skill, right? V-Skill 2 or something. Well, you can't make it a V-Skill now because it well, already right. exists. That was the right. issue, right? Like, they gave him Donkey Kick before V-Skill 2. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you can't, like, gate it behind something else after you've already given it to people. 
Uh, right. That's just a lesson in anything in life. Uh, don't <laughs> yeah. promise or, or give people stuff and then expect them to like it when you change it. Um, right. Which is why people don't like getting nerfed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's, uh, it's very... We are loss adverse as a species and losing stuff hurts a lot. Very true. We like comfortability. When something changes, it's yuck. <sighs> but so yeah, like Akuma, Akuma's still in a grace. I think he's still top five in the game without yeah. a doubt. Um, I'm mad they didn't hit uh, back heavy punch at all. That's still. To be honest, I also kind of am, um, because I I do think that move is too strong. I don't think it's necessarily an issue with the startup. Like they deliberately designed it in a way to be a good, uh, be like a good like counter poke buffer for like long range moves and then also like they wanted you to have like a last ditch effort um but like, he has, and your option. has a dp why does he need a last ditch and higher well, option <laughs> but, well, but here's the thing like so does like every other shoto right and i know here, here the thing like akuma arguably gets the most off of it and that's what I'm saying. Like, I th I think it would be fine if that move was nerfed. I think what needs to be nerfed about it is it should not hit cross-ups as consistently as it does. I think that's the biggest issue. Yeah. Having I, having more, a strong like, normal anti-air is fine. It's the same thing, like, with Poison's Crash Medium Punch. The entire interaction yeah. of how it works is they wanted it to anti-air, but the way that Jumpin' Zars, the hurt boxes, extend mm -hmm. extremely far behind people. Right. Uh, which is why people could anti-air jab on the other side a mm -hmm. lot of the time. Uh, and yep. it looked really funky. Which they fixed, <laughs> yeah. but uh, right. by making it so that anti-air jabs literally just can't hit uh, jumping opponents, I believe. Something like that. Uh, well, they changed all the hurt boxes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, it made it much more difficult. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a lot. Uh, which is why I now crouch jab anti-air. I will walk under and crouch jab. Sure. And, yeah. Uh, when you're aiming for my head and I'm now crouching and my head is, I don't know, three feet below it. <laughs> uh you know sometimes you jump in with and you get hit with a jab uh, which i believe dr african actually has a great video on explaining that of why you're still getting anti-aired by bison down jab uh it's it's again it's the same thing it's like you're aiming your jump in for the top of bison where when bison right. is crouching very close to the floor right yeah he's uh shout outs to dr african he's a super knowledgeable dude great coach great competitor very insightful into the more um, the more finite and under a microscope points of fighting games. He'd be a great person to learn from if you are interested in that sort of thing. Absolutely. And just to kind of wrap this up, ending up sure. talking about uh, the season changes. Yeah. Uh, we talked about how what characters I, th I thought, you know, got the, the best end of the stick uh, and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Did you have like any picks of like, who you think is going to be stronger this season yeah. that people might not be looking at right now. So not, you know, not the Ryus or the Kages or the ounces, mm -hmm. but somebody, you know, that's still in a, a good position or even in a better position due to the changes that either to the mechanics of the game or that their kit got. So the number one uh, outside of the characters that you had touched on, um, <clears throat> The number one character for me to look out for, and I think other people should have in mind too, is Balrog. Uh, both with the inclusion of V-Shift and V-Break, as well as like the changes that he got to to uh, some of his frame the, data when he yeah, V-Trigger 1. Punch. Yeah, it's 
unreal. I genuinely, and also I'm pretty sure they gave him like more damage on the on like his yep. uh, V trigger dash punch ball. I don't know why. <laughs> I think he he got more raw damage on just dash punch in general. Sure, probably. I I haven't looked over it super extensively, but just what I've played and what I've seen. Um, I think Balrog is one of the biggest winners. And again, you know, having having that option with V-Shift to handle situations that you might struggle with defensively otherwise, you know, against like grapplers or against especially oppressive Shotos, um, <clears throat> I think he's going to... Like, he already was not a bad character. He's already very strong, just not season 2.5 strong. Uh, but he's i think he's going to be represented a lot more um in competitive play i also think uh and this was a character we had touched on briefly but i think sakura is she might be like i don't know she might be like on par with akuma now for the best shoto shoto in the game um she's and she looking didn't... very scary we didn't we, listen we're talking about all these characters that you got buffs and stuff like that we haven't even talked about dan shit damn you're right <laughs> that's, that's actually facts uh you know the man has an infinite so he's got to be the best right he has an infinite and there's no combo breaker in this game you're stuck there's right. no burst you're you're getting comboed until you die i played against i played against uh justin wong i think it was yesterday and every time i got i had one thought in my mind i'm like i'm not gonna be another video <laughs> not gonna be another video i gotta get out uh, thankfully, he never stunned me, so thank we're, God. We're good. Thank God. It's like defense, defense. <laughs> yeah. Um, that being said, I I do think Dan is pretty good. He's definitely not he's not top tier, but I, he is he's definitely a viable character. And obviously, at some point, the infinite's gonna get patched out. I can't remember if they actually talked about it in their like uh, like quality of life thing, where they're like, we know these bugs are here, we're gonna fix them. I can't remember if that was something they addressed or not. I don't think so and honestly wouldn't that be really funny if they them... left it in <laughs> yeah i don't really want them to remove it it's difficult to do you have to get a stun it has to be in a corner and right. not only that it's difficult to do uh is it like actually you have, i you have to partially charge go hadouken some of the time uh yeah. like it's not consistent you know, like you don't have to consistently do it throughout the entire combo you also have to get the uh the the dancel every single time um, yeah right i knew that much but I know they're fixing the <laughs> the fact that all the sound is mono. Uh, they're going to change yeah. it back to having stereo uh, th for mm -hmm. all the the yes. blind or Very otherwise good. disabled people that use it like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, some other stuff. Uh, nothing. I'm looking at it right now. Nothing about the <laughs> the the dampinate. Uh, they they're removing the bug for Steam players where if you take a screenshot during gameplay, it, it crashes. Uh, oh, that's cool. That That's actually good. used that actually used to exist before they fixed it and then brought it back <laughs> because it was just you know people were missing the fact that they could just instantly you know alt F for their game by pushing one button so right. uh, they brought it back for a brief moment nice. but how sweet it's of gonna, them it's gonna disappear real soon so <laughs> push those F twelves while you can uh, just just be careful you might might be missing some points the next time you open up Street Fighter. So, so yeah, we, we were talking about, like, big winners and characters that maybe people aren't looking out for. Um, like I said, Balrog, I think, is number one. Um, Sakura, I think, is arguably on the same level as Akuma now as a Shoto. Um, and she didn't even get that much in the way of buffs. She only got a couple things, but she was already in such a strong position before just an underrepresented character. 
Um, and I think, uh, I think the other character that we're going to see more of is Cammy. Um, unfortunately. She, yes, unfortunately, <laughs> Scammy can go die in a hole. Uh, she she was already super crazy strong, but I'm convinced that anybody who stopped playing her stopped playing her just because she's super boring, not because she, of any actual nerfs she got. Yeah, here's the thing: when you look at Kami, <laughs> you look at Kami's matchup against all the top tiers, and I think besides Rashid and Seth, she could beat all the other top tiers uh, fairly consistently. Sure. She had a, a good matchup uh, to them, right? When you're mm -hmm. talking about Urien, Akuma, Guile. You know, those are, are good matches for, for Kami to go into, especially mm -hmm. when she gets a bar. Right. Uh, and then they just, you know, just keep giving her buffs. Like, yep. uh, remember remember when they gave her the jump air throw for no reason? <laughs> yeah, right. And, like, sure, we meme on how that move looks, but, like, why does she need that? Uh, like, you know, because <laughs> when she's jumping out of the corner and sees that you're jumping to keep her there, you know, they you, she has to have some way to put you into the corner and reverse the pressure. If she yes, was missing of that. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, it, it's small things like that. Uh, I think <laughs> to touch on some other characters that, you know, I still think are going to be an issue. Zeku got some interesting changes yeah, Zeku uh, this season. Zeku is crazy good now. Yurian actually didn't get too many buffs. And a lot of the time, you know, doing, you know, knee drop is going to be more difficult to do now. Mm -hmm. um, some of the metallic spear stuff is a little bit worse. But Yurian, I think by far, out of all the people that can get damage off of doing v shift and not doing v break is one of the best right having yeah. the ability to v shift just get the charge like it's just long enough mm -hmm. if you successfully v shift to get the charge to yep. uh, ex headbutt and then you can get the tackle which will give you right. the the oki or if you have aegis you can you know pop aegis mm -hmm. and get you know more damage or whatever uh you know there's a there's a lot of that kind of stuff that can you know really affect how it, it it gets involved uh yeah so i think he's going to be uh pretty pretty crazy he also made it easier for them to for urines to cancel uh cherry tackle into ca which i think is just a, a you know again quality of life yeah sure sure um let's talk about um, something that they they really oh, yeah. added that does absolutely nothing to the game <laughs> they just added zoom in on some moves <laughs> yeah you know i I appreciate I'm, I'm it. Not, yeah, I, I was just gonna say I'm I'm okay with it because like you already see with with V shift like the way it is designed and part of it is uh, functionality because you know the whole thing is it's intended to be a defensive mechanic that gives you the opportunity to assess the situation and try and punish accordingly, but adding that slowdown is a neat effect, and uh, it, it's it's a double edged sword. It, it both adds the functionality but it also looks really really cool. So they, they clearly have in mind some sense of, like, cinematic drama increasing the experience for viewers and players and that sort of thing. And I think yeah. that's great. You know, you, you look at a, a game like Tekken that, like, the hypest moments, even if they don't make sense, even if you've seen them a million billion times, are the slowdowns and, like, the weird interactions and, like, oh, my God, I can't believe that whiff, right? And it, it matters. People notice that stuff. So I don't mind uh, Street Fighter taking a page out of their book. Yeah, so the slowdown on, on V-Shift is one thing, but similar to Cody's Zonk, like EX Zonk uh, charged up, where the camera like zooms in and shakes, they added mm -hmm. that effect to a couple of moves too. So like Ryu's mm -hmm. EX uh, Shoryuken does it, yep. uh, Colleen V-Trigger to Ice ice Lance when she's um, dashing at you and with the mm -hmm. arm out uh, will we'll trigger it. 
it, it's kind of all over the place on what moves have it. And yeah. it looks it looks weird to somebody who has played the game for a, right. a couple of years. <laughs> but overall, I still think it looks really cool and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah I think I, I anything you can do to make... You know, because the game, it's... It's not old in FGC terms. You know, we Third Strike is still being played by thousands of people across the world. That game is, you know, 20, almost 25 years old now at this point. Yeah. But, like, you know, it, it has been running its course, and it has been around for a while. So anything you can do to kind of, you know, add a little bit of flair, add a little bit of glitz to it, and get people to be like, oh, hey, like, that, that looks really cool. And it, maybe it'll bring in some new people in regards to, like, staying power. They might seem like, oh, like, I didn't know Street Fighter could look that cool. Or vice versa. On the other side, it's like, you know, Street Fighter's feeling a little stale, and now they've got something to spice it up. It's not it's not a whole new package, but it's something, and I, I do appreciate that effort. Well, speaking of spice, I'm looking forward to... Uh, whatever spice comes out of you next, I'm not sure oh, what event you. you're going to be commentating next, but you got anything else that you want to promote or anything like that? Uh, yeah, you know, um, well, first and foremost, just thank you for having me on. Um, it was really an honor. I, you know, I'm very grateful to consider you a friend and a colleague and get to work with you and just chat with you anyways. Um, so I really appreciate being on here. It was a great time. Um, as regards to promotion, I have uh, a Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Mr. Mistopheles. I stream pretty regularly, normally, like, in the three-day-a-week range when I can find time um, after work or on the weekends. Uh, and then I also have Twitter, where I'm very, very active because of the FTC, at Mr. Mistopheles on Twitter. Um, and I believe the next event I'll be commentating... At least the one that I know of for sure is going to be Wednesday Night Fights, I think, next week. It'll either be next week or the week after, I'm not sure, because there's another person added into the mix now um, between me, St. Cole, and Flexus. There's also another gentleman, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, my apologies. Um, but I'm pretty sure I'm in the rotation next week, so we'll see. At any rate, uh, you know, if you guys follow me there, or if you follow Nogaremi, he's always super great about supporting and retweeting stuff, so you'll see it somehow. Um... But thank you so much for having me on, man. I had a really, really good time. Yeah, and it was an absolute blast chatting with you. Thanks thanks so much. You actually have been the person that hit me up the earliest about it. You hit hey. me up, I think, three and a half weeks ago. Like, hey, can I be on? And I'm like, uh, I already have one lined up uh, this next time, but I can get you in on March. Uh, and you're like, yeah. that's a long time away. Don't know when I'll be available. But I was like, okay, well, you know, we'll review it. And, you know, after I, you know, put out whatever episode i the lizardman episode which came out eight days late hopefully this one is not that late uh so again thanks everybody for for watching uh and have a good day adios bye